Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Sometimes when I'm on site, things are different. In fact, a lot of the times that I'm on site, things are different. Typically, we've got Tom looking at me through the glass. We've got Brian, who's across from me, and Kellen is nowhere to be found. Today, I've got Tom setting things up to my right, Brian to my left, and I've got Kellen back in the studio. And if somebody else is back in the studio, when I'm about to start a show, they say go. Every time I am about to come onto the air, Kellen goes, you're hot. A, he's right. B, I want to giggle every time. And C, he's right. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Jam-packed show today, live from Sensi's in Wexford. Come on by, eat some pizza. It's very good. Drink some Bud Light because it is Bud Light March Mania. And the bracket back on tonight. Loyola, Chicago, Nevada, Texas A&M, Michigan, Kansas State, Kentucky, and Florida State, Gonzaga, all starting right after my show ends. So I got to race down back to Pittsburgh, drunk probably, and catch the beginning of that first game. I've missed basketball, and this is all just a warm-up for my game tomorrow. Dub V versus the greatest team of all time, they tell me. Villanova. Pitt, they don't have a coach. We'll get to that in a minute. We're going to hear from Dickie V coming up at 620. He'll join me here on the program. The Penguins were able to win last night. They didn't look great doing it, but they won. And I have subscribed to the notion that you don't necessarily need the Penguins to go into the playoffs on a roll. But as I've done multiple times the last couple of days, I am going to renege on what I already said previously. I don't need the Penguins to be playing well. I think they'll turn it on in the playoffs. But it might be important for them to win some games. The Penguins are in a battle when it comes to the standings. And I guess now that I think about it, and I try not to think too much, The Penguins could miss the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's likely, but they might want to win a couple of these games against bad teams. The Islanders suck. They just flat out suck. They got 70 points. They give up a bajillion goals. They stink. Montreal, they stink. You can't lose both games to bad teams and not think it's going to affect you in the standings. The most important thing for me when thinking about the Penguins' end to their season is they got to not play the f- anybody other than the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round. Don't know how that's going to happen. There's a lot of movement going on, but the Flyers are absolutely the best matchup for Pittsburgh. They stink. They stink. They stink. They stink. I don't care how many games they won at the beginning of the year. I don't care that Claude Drew's having a hell of a season. They stink. I want the Penguins to play them in the first round. But some of that has to do with the Penguins winning games, and we'll see if they can continue to do that. Do we take Sidney Crosby for granted? I think we kind of do. Because his goal last night, 
It made me go from 6 till midnight upon further review, but the first time I saw it, didn't even really register. He's that special. He is Mario Lemieux. Wait a second. Hold up now. Nobody freak out. He's this generation's Mario Lemieux. And that's okay to say. That's okay to admit. And when, in the grand scheme of Crosby's career, I forget the goal he had last night, it's only because of his greatness, not because it wasn't spectacular. Because, my God, it was. But that tells you just how fabulous his career has been. That when that happened last night, two things hit me in the face. One, I knew that it was Crosby who put that puck in the back of the net. And two, wow. Wow. Not at first, but upon further review. Because at first I thought it was just a fluttering puck. How wild is that? I'm on my couch, sober, which is a rarity, but on my couch, sober, watching the game in HGTV. Ugh, Freudian slip. HDTV. HGTV is the station that my wife makes me watch all the time about <laughs> fixing up houses. But I'm watching in HD. It's a big TV. I'm sober. I'm locked in. Only hockey on my mind. And I didn't even register what had happened. Whether the puck was just fluttering in the air and then Crosby batted it once. I didn't know. And it's amazing that I didn't know, given that circumstance. Meanwhile, Sidney Crosby's going 100 miles an hour towards the net on knives, which are attached to his feet, and he's able to bat the puck to himself and smack it in the back of the goal. He is special. And Sidney Crosby really has, I think, had a better career now in terms of winning than Mario Lemieux. And if you want to consider the production as well, he recorded his 700th assist last night. The production, if you want to extrapolate it over the eras... Eh, pretty darn good too. He's a top five player of all time. You have to be for last night's goal to not scream, Wow, it's one of the best ever. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The great thing about Sidney Crosby is that he tries like a fourth liner even though the guy's a first-line player. It's the kind of guy he is. I think Evgeny Malkin might be more talented. I think Alexander Ovechkin certainly is more talented with the shot that he has. Crosby thinks the game at a higher level, and Crosby works harder. You go back to the beginning of his career, he was terrible on face-offs. So he spent an entire offseason trying to get better at face-offs. Sidney Crosby wasn't good enough in the front of the net, so Sidney Crosby spent an entire offseason getting better in the front of the net. Sidney Crosby didn't have a good shot, so Sidney Crosby spent an entire offseason fixing his shot. Sidney Crosby never stops, and that's why his prime has lasted for his entire career. You can't say that about anybody else. Crosby's prime has been his entire career, and I'm happy that last night happened. I'm happy that last night we saw him record his 700th assist. I'm happy that last night happened with that goal because it gives you a moment to just pause. Uh, amid what is a long regular season, and for the love of God, end, in what is a playoff run that is going to be filled with trials and tribulations, you need sometimes a moment to just stop and think about greatness. And Sidney Crosby, my God, is great. My computer battery is charging right now, and it says 87%. Omen! I think it's a little bit of an embarrassment that Pitt was not able to get Danny Hurley despite offering more money and being in a better conference. Now, again, 
I don't take radio as seriously, and maybe that's not the right turn of phrase. I don't take sports as seriously as some others. So I'm not afraid to go back on my opinion sometimes. I do think UConn's a better program. But if you're offered less money and the other program you could have gone to was in a big conference, if you spurn them, that tells you a lot about that program. And we're not talking about Wake Forest offering you a job. We're not talking about Illinois offering you a job. We're not talking about any of those schools. We're talking about Pitt, a team that went to the NCAA tournament in 11 out of 13 seasons, went to the Elite Eight, was winning Big East championships both regular season and tournament, and now they can't even bring a dude in from Rhode Island that they're going to pay more money for? It tells you that there's all kind of problems, and it's embarrassing. And I think part of it, you want to give... A lot of hate to Scott Barnes, fine, but part of it goes to Heather Like for being a jerk in saying, oh, Kevin Stallings, I know in your contract it says we're going to have to pay you 9.5, but we're not going to pay you 9.5. That means something. There are a couple of other coaches that are going to be talked to by Pitt. One in particular I think is a good name that could be brought in. That's Nate Oates. He's the coach of Buffalo. They've made the tournament and won games in the tournament each of the last couple of years, and I'm just wondering if you think that they can haul in Oates. Haul in Oates? No? Yeah, no. We heard how bad it was. Oh, okay. We got it. All right. Okay, yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah, thanks for trying again, though. Uh, you want to say it one more time? I don't know if you heard the first time, but Pitt's trying to get Nate Oates to come on in. Let's see if they can Hall in Nate Oates. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Had a couple of Twitter polls yesterday on that Twitter account that I just read. Also you can check out my blog, ESPNPGH.com. My podcasts are listed as podcats. I keep bitching about that. They're not doing anything about it. But here are the Twitter polls. One from yesterday, one from today. Yesterday, if you put your dog in clothes, douche move or normal AF? 82% of the people say douche move. That is unfortunate for me. Today's Twitter poll, because Dan Hurley is actually calling himself Danny Hurley, I said, should you go by Danny if you're over 18 years old? 54% of the audience says no. And 54% of the audience is right. We'll get into that big time with Rob Rossi, who will be joining me at 5 o'clock. He'll be joining me for 40 minutes. How about that? we got Jason Mackey coming up at 4.20 to talk about the Penguins and Sidney Crosby's greatness. Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. So, it's HGTV to thank you for your nice vacation. I get so excited when I get a tweet, I just read it. Yeah. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, Ed. I think he's talking about when you were on vacation, you were out for a few days. I think he's saying that you sat home and watched HGTV all day long. That was the last week, I think, Thursday and Friday, right? I don't know. He takes off all the time. He does. It's, it's hard really to hard tell. to keep track of this guy. Wow. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I was late for our show meeting today, <sighs> and Brian was pissed, and Tom was pissed, and I understand why they were mad, but now... It sounds like they were talking about me a little bit, how I never work or anything like that. Yeah, no, we uh, we went deep into how... Yeah, your how name came you, up once or twice. Oh, yeah, how your work ethic yeah. is lacking and how, how dare you uh, be late for the show. 
Um, With your name on it. At some point, oh. we blamed Molly, your dog. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, we went through a, we went through it all. Hey, Brian, how many days of work did you go to last week? Um, I went to... During the work week, Monday through Friday. Do you count... Monday the, through Friday, Monday through Friday. Do weekends you, count as bonus are days? Are you asking how, uh, how much... Uh, how many days I worked last week? No, Monday through Friday. How many days were you in? Uh, I was not in the office, oh. but I worked. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have known because I wasn't there either. I wasn't at home with my dog wearing a scarf watching HGTV. I can tell you that. I was watching my <laughs> West Virginia Mountaineers in the tournament, baby. I think Pitt really didn't miss out. If you're over 18 and you call yourself Danny... Yeah, you're a junior in my book. <laughs> Bring in Nady. Oh, wait, no, it's just Nate. Bring in the Oats, man. That's cooler. How about Musselman, the guy from Nevada? I don't mind that at all. In fact, I think he might be the guy who turns things around the quickest because he's all about them transfers. And I heard Stan and Guy talking earlier today. Tolerate the show. They were discussing... Tom liked that one. Nice, that was very good. He didn't mind that one. I love both those guys, actually. But they were talking about Pitt, and they were talking about transfers. And I think that that's the way you got to go. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing in a guy who's going to bring in older players. It's the way that West Virginia does it in the Big 12 in football, and they've been fairly successful in a conference where the recruiting is a lot better. Uh, they talked about Pitt being in the ACC and how that's difficult on them, but I don't think that's an excuse. Uh, I think that you can recruit a bunch of good players if you go after transfers, and then if you have success, it's not that hard to recruit better players after that. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This is not a Twitter poll. It's still unsponsored, <coughs> and it was on my Twitter account. But I want you to tell me some games that you've gone into as a fan and said, we've got no shot at being, at winning this game and been surprised after the game. Because I've been told that West Virginia doesn't have a chance of beating Villanova. And there have been a couple of times in my life where I've been told my team doesn't have a chance to win. And they've gone out and done it. We'll get into that a little bit deeper coming up at 440 and beyond. But... There have been some moments, I think, in Pittsburgh history where you got to say, I can't believe it got done. Last year, Penguins-Capitals, Game 7. I mean, that, to me, was a game that you go into it and you didn't think they had a shot. Even though it was Washington, even though it was Game 7, they were the better team for the last half of that series. Bar none. They were outscored, the Penguins were, 9-4 to four in the two games prior to Game 7. And the Penguins still were able to find a way to win in Game 7. I think the best thing about sports ever, anything, uh, you know, race divide, all that stuff, whatever, fine. Put, put, you can put all that ahead of, ahead of this, but it's hope. It's when you don't think your team's got a shot, but you've got a week between games or two days between games, and the entire time you're thinking, we can beat these guys. And you dream about how you're going to beat these guys. I did it before Penguins-Capitals Game 7 because I root for the Penguins. I've been doing it all week. I need to hear from you some other times that you've had that feeling. Up next, Mac Daddy, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Okay. Talk about Sidney Crosby's greatness. It's the Crowley Show. 
Now, here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. So Kellen didn't tell me I was hot this time. I think I rattled him. Jason Mackey's hot. He joins the program now from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Mac Daddy, how are you today? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. You're Titans. hot. What's I, that mean? There you go. So when I'm on site, and we're at Sensi's in Wexford right now, uh, things change a little bit. Tom, who's my producer in the studio, comes out here. Brian, who's... Our program director, he usually sits across from me. Now he's next to me, and Kellen is nowhere to be found. Well, now that we're on site, Kellen is back in the studio. And instead of telling me to go, he just tells me I'm hot. And I think he means my mic is hot, and he's right in both aspects. Does that answer the question? (laughs) Are you sure he means your mic is hot? Maybe you guys should have a conversation. I'd be okay with that. Uh, My wife is okay. Well, she's okay with anything. It doesn't have to do with a female. Okay. So I think me and Callum will be all right. It's, two, all right. it's 2018, man. I don't need your judgment. Jason right. Mackey of the Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Mackey, I think we, and I'm not saying this to try to tear anybody down, but I think we as a whole, society even, undervalue Sidney Crosby to some extent. Because when that goal happened last night, I was like, eh, whatever. It was Sid. He does Sid stuff. But really, I think I should have been blown away because nobody else does that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Adam. I, you know, I don't know if we as a society is, is what you need to say, but um, societal we, problem. Sidney yeah, <laughs> Crosby, in my opinion, is absolutely overlooked for the the type of stuff that he does last night. He does that routinely. I mean, in any other city, in any other market. That's all we would be talking about. And this isn't a mark against any radio show host or anybody out there, but, you know, how many people are talking about Sid's goal right now? It's probably Not the fan. You know, that much I know. Not Mark Madden. Uh, well, regardless, <laughs> it, it would be – can you imagine if that thing happened in Canada? I mean, they would be losing their minds. And he does it here. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. to your point, you know, that's what Sid does. And we're just spoiled by watching him every night. I know I'm spoiled by covering him, even something as simple as how available he is to the media, what he does for, for kids. I mean, we're spoiled by all of the things that Sid does, but it's good, I think, times like these to step back and appreciate him. I could not agree more, Jason, and I said that in the first segment. 700 assists for Sidney Crosby, that kind of gives you a time to pull back and just appreciate things. Uh, Whenever he got his thousandth point, that allows you to kind of look around and just appreciate everything. Uh, And then last night's goal, same kind of thing. Uh, If you had to rank that amongst other goals Sidney Crosby has scored, where do you put it? I mean, he's obviously scored some goals that were huge uh, in terms of playoff momentum. Uh, he scored the goal. I think the one that I remember the most is uh, game uh, number two against Tampa. But uh, whether you want to go with the, the goals that were most important or the goals that were the flashiest, uh, where do you think that one stand, sticks up? I honestly think that is top five, Adam. I really do. And, and you know, not on the important scale. You know, I'm not going to put that ahead of stuff he does in the playoffs and obviously the golden goal and, and all that. But let's just go degree of difficulty. And to me, that's a that's a top five goal. I 
and, and to be honest with you, I'm struggling to think what I'd put ahead of it. Um, in terms of goals that I've covered, which is starting in 2014, that Crosby has scored, I, I, the only one I can think off the top of my head was the one that he banked off of Martin Jones in San Jose that I would even put in the discussion of the one we saw last night. And honestly, the one we saw last night was even better because I think, you know, you bank it off a goal, you're just trying to, Whatever, you know, maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't. You're just trying to get a puck on net. Last night, he knew exactly what he was doing. That's what he meant to do. And that's the mind-blowing thing for me is that, you know, we're all watching this afterwards and during it and before it. Somebody had to think of that. Like, Sid had to process in his brain, like, oh, I'm going to bat the puck out of the air, going to bat it again backhanded, and that's how I'm going to score this goal. Like, who thinks of that? That's crazy. He thinks the game at a level that nobody else thinks the game at. And I think he works harder than just about anybody, too. And that's something that's difficult, I think, to kind of comprehend and rank there, Jason. But at the same time, I feel pretty confident in saying Sidney Crosby doesn't even take any days off. I mean, he's always thinking about hockey. Oh, I know. I know. And, and you know, it's funny. He'll go back and forth on whether he admits this or not. But when he will admit it and talk about it, he watches hockey religiously. Like, if the Penguins are off, there are certain guys who they don't even know there are other games going on. They don't want to watch tape. They're not home. They're out doing other things. If Sidney Crosby has a night off, he's, chances are he's sitting in his living room watching the NHL you know, package or his computer, TV, whatever. Like, he keeps such tabs around the rest of the league. And it's not like seeing his buddies. Like, he's just... Generally right. interested in hockey, the dude can't get enough of it, and sometimes he like downplays it, but other times he'll acknowledge that like he's obsessive and, and watches it all the time. So, I mean, yeah, that's what this is, and you know, not to sort of go off on another tangent on you, Adam, but I don't know how many players we've seen come through the Penguins dressing room that'll say something similar. Like, you see what '87 does in terms of setting a standard. How do you not work hard when you see that? <laughs> right. It's not just like a miracle sort of inspiration it's just like man that that's the company line that's the standard that's what you have to hold it hold yourself up to and so that ends up you know he sets a pretty high precedent jason mackey the pittsburgh post gazette joining me here on the crowley show uh jason it is the time of the year where i start to get bored with regular season hockey hell rover here at sensi's for the bud light march mania and (laughs) <laughs> they've got the Penguin game on the, the TV, and it's a replay. And, hell, I didn't want to watch it the first time. And that's no offense to anybody, but I just am done with regular season hockey. That being said, I actually think it's important for the Penguins to rack up some points here. Y- you can't not win games when the standings are this jumbled, and it's really something I didn't even think about until yesterday. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, pal. Uh, I'm right with you. I, I think we're all sort of ready to get to the playoffs in this. You know, trust me, I mean, this time of the season is certainly better than January or February, but it's not as good as April. And the good part is that I do, you know, they do have an interesting stretch coming up. It's just, it's sort of, uh, you know, there are a few sleepers in there. You know, there's another game with Montreal. Um, There's one with Detroit, you know, teams that are clearly out of it. But, you know, this weekend will be exciting with a big Flyers game on Sunday. you got Columbus, you got Washington. I mean, they have a pretty decent scheduled the rest of the way so I, I think when we get into those i mean that'll really get people jacked up at least i hope so but you know i, I do think that's sort of a vibe around this team right now that everybody's all right whatever you know they 
They've had some inconsistency. They've had some issues. Let's just get to the playoffs and see how this thing shakes out. I, I know that's where I'm at. Jake Gensel, I think, could have, if he were a weaker-minded man, uh, have not put together the performance he put together last night. Uh, he had a bad turnover at the beginning of the last game. Uh, hell, he had a bad turnover right off the shoot in this game. But then I thought he really settled in, and uh, I'm starting to be okay. Not that I didn't want this, but I'm starting to feel a little bit better about Crosby's production with those guys alongside him, and I kind of feel like Crosby's going to break out now that he's got him uh, with him consistently. Yeah, I like the Crosby-Gensel pairing, and I understand people's frustration with Jake Gensel or whatever. And You know, last night was his first goal in 12 games, and he should be scoring more than that. He'll be the first one to tell you. But I think the way this team works best long-term is for Gensel to be on Crosby's wing. Um, you know, I think the only thing sort of left to be determined is who's on the other side. And when Zach Aston Reese comes back, I think he's going to be given every chance to earn that job. He did click well with that group before he was hurt. Um, you know, in an ideal world, I think there will be something either from Connor Sherry or Brian Rust on that other wing. Maybe they get a chance, but um, I think Brian Rust can be very effective with Derek Broussard and Phil Kessel. I think, you know, he might be a little less effective with Crosby. Either way, to your point, Adam, I think this will get Gensel going. I think he's due. He's a very streaky scorer, so I would not be surprised if those two sort of go off here for a little bit. I agree. Uh, Jason Mackey joining me here on the show. Uh, Casey DeSmith last night uh, played okay, I thought. Uh, if Matt Murray, and this is a big if, obviously, and knock on wood, and God forbid something were to happen to him, but if he were to go down and you needed to rely on Jari and DeSmith, uh, how much faith do you have in those guys? Not a lot. <laughs> Not Jason. a lot. I mean, Jason, please, I, I think you're right, yes. Adam, they've never played in the playoffs before. I mean, the most Neither had Matt Murray. Are we really going to bang no. on, on strike, striking lightning in a bottle or whatever that cliche is twice? I'm just, I'm not ready to go there. You know, if something would happen, again, God forbid, you knock on wood. Um, I'm curious to see what direction they would go because I do think that they like Casey, Casey DeSmith more as like a short-term backup option. And if there was a run of games, they might look to go to Tristan Jari. But, you know, obviously you don't want anything to happen. Obviously you want Murray in, but... I do think that if they would lose Murray, I mean, that is such a, a dent to what they want to do. Uh, they, he just has to be healthy. The, those two other guys have been good, but they haven't been great the way Murray has at, at times in the recent past. Most important Penguin, I think, because they don't have a guy who can step in right away and be a reasonable facsimile of him. If Crosby or Malkin goes down for a couple of games, Broussard can come in and he's a second-line center. I think they could survive. But I'm with you, man. I think if you lose Matt Murray, uh, it cuts your chances at least in half. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I love the argument that, like, well, Matt Murray did it. Yeah, it doesn't make it easy. You know, Matt Murray became such a rare, strange, you know, amazing commodity because he did that. You know how many goaltenders have come into that situation, old or young, and flopped and not done anything? Like, Matt Murray is such an outlier in this argument. It's not like he did it, so we should expect everybody to do it. I mean, if Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jari did it, I mean, you know, God bless them. I hope they do, but, you know, we shouldn't be expecting it. We've been talking about the Penguins' defense corps a bunch here on the show. I mean, it's been a big topic of conversation. They lost Ian Cole, who was number seven on my list of most dominant athletes over the last 20 years because he's 
just a fabulous penguin and really one of the best players I've ever seen. But uh, Chad Ruido's come in, and I think they've been fine. How do you grade the Penguins' defense, really, since the trade deadline? I can't get over you including Ian Cole in your list of top 20 greatest athletes. <laughs> of the last 20 years, though, Jason. I'm not saying I'm not saying all time, but just the last 20 years. Right. Okay, so you'd have, like, Babe Ruth ahead of him then, is what you're saying? All time I'd have Babe Ruth ahead of him, but Babe Ruth now couldn't even hit my fastball. No, he's, he's dead. A he's a stiff. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I can't wait to tell Ian Cole that he made your list of top 20 athletes in the past 20 years. I'll if you thrilled. want to and then send us the audio, I would pay you. <laughs> oh, we miss Brother Cole in the locker room. He's the greatest. Um, so I don't, I don't even know. I lost track of what your question was. Chad Ruedel, yeah, he's been fine. In the Penguins defense, Corey, you feel okay about it? Uh, I am. I am okay about it. I, I it seems like a lot of people aren't. It seems like there's a lot of panic over the Penguins defensively, and um, I would just caution them that they're sort of feeling the same sort of malaise that all of us are, that, that we're just looking to get into the playoffs and ho-hum, we, we hope it's good enough, let's get through this and, and let's get to the games that really matter. Um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, and there's enough talent back there. Um, I liked what I've seen with Chad Ruedel. I, I like the pairing with Ole Mata. I think they're constructed as well as they can be um are they as good of a defensive team as they were last year no i don't think so but i think they're a better offense team i think they have more experience i think they're dominant their best players are more dominant this year than they were last year so it's just configured a little bit differently but i you know they can be better but it's not raising any alarms for me Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jason, do you want the Penguins to bow out early so you can sleep? No, no, I, I don't. Man, I wouldn't sleep even if they did bow out early, man. I'm, I'm obsessive with this stuff. The only thing I want is, like, a run to a couple good cities. You know, like, I don't want to do Philly, Jersey, and then, you know, I, I don't know where it would stink in the Atlantic, but, you know, like the equivalent of Ottawa. I just want to go, like, I love Columbus, I love Washington, I love Tampa. Like, if they're going to make a run at this thing, can you at least do that? Like, if I'm going to miss my family for two months, can we at least, like, get those cities and maybe do, like, a, you know, Vegas would be fun in the final. Um, please, dear Lord, no Winnipeg. You know, yeah. Nashville would be fine again. I, I just want good cities. Mackie, if the Penguins played the Flyers in the first round, I think that would be their best matchup. Uh, I, obviously, Columbus has played really good hockey of late. Washington's a talented club, although I don't think I'd necessarily worry. Do you think, A, Philly's the best matchup, and, B, does anybody else that they'd play in the Metro scare you all that much? Jersey scares me quite a bit. Mm. Um, and I know that Jersey's kind of having a tough time. They've lost two in a row. Corey Schneider has stunk, and they're going to be wrapping up a six-game road trip here tomorrow night. And uh, They come back from that, and they have to play Tampa. And Jersey has a pretty difficult road the rest of the way, so... Uh, who knows? I mean, they could fall out of it. Florida could get in. But if you're going to ask me who I think the best playoff matchup for the Penguins is, honestly, I'd take Columbus. I like it because of the proximity. I like it because how much they know them. And, um, you know, there's just, there's, it'll get their juices flowing. And Sergey Brodsky has been horrendous yes. against the Penguins. Um, I just, I do think it's the best matchup out there. I don't think Philly's bad, though. I'm kind of with you there that I think they do match up well against the Flyers. The one I just don't see, like I, or I don't want to see, like I said before, is Jersey. I think they kind of hang with number. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Uh, they're troubling to me. Uh, I didn't even bring them up because 
that was secret option E, and you were able to find that, Mackey. You're very good at your job. I mean, just a round of applause here for Jason Mackey. Yeah, Jason Mackey is really good job. Uh, Am I hot? His job. That's what I want to be. I want to be hot. You are hot, and you get the show. Mackey, thanks for the time, buddy. Always appreciate it. Dude, love it. Thanks for having me. Love you. Hottie. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette. You can catch him and Phil Bork with Along the Boards right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. We're at Sensi's in Wexford for Bud Light March Mania. Coming up next. <laughs> Everyone's telling me Villanova's going to spank my Mountaineers. And they might be right. But at least I've got today. I'll explain. It's the Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Dick Vitale told me this week on my highly rated radio show that West Virginia's got a 40% chance of beating Villanova. So you're telling me there's a chance. Every college basketball analyst in the country is seemingly telling West Virginia not to even bother showing up for their Sweet 16 clash with the Wildcats. But here's the thing. They'll be there. 727 on Friday night. There's nothing better in sports than hope. Is West Virginia going to beat Villanova? It's not likely. But West Virginia fans all over the country have been daydreaming about it for the better part of a week now. How good did you feel about the Penguins' chances in Game 7 against Washington last year? The Pens were coming off two losses where they were outscored by a combined total of 9-4. to four. The Capitals were thoroughly outplaying the team wearing black and gold. I didn't think the Penguins had a prayer. Then they dropped the puck. The 2005-2006 Pittsburgh Steelers had fallen victim to the Indianapolis Colts in the regular season. Peyton Manning and company were at the top of their game. Even Jerome Bettis in some atrocious, and I mean atrocious, refereeing could not keep the Steelers out of the win column. All week long, young Adam Crowley had thought about how he hoped the game would play out. I didn't think the Steelers would win, but I hoped that they would win. The list goes on and on. For Pitt fans, 13-9 must have felt impossible prior to the ball being kicked off. The Penguins, Sands Hosa, were down three games to two in the Stanley Cup Final in 2009. I thought it was over. But it didn't mean that little Crowley wasn't dreaming about Sid and the kid hoisting the cup every night as he went to sleep. If the favorites won every game, then sports wouldn't be fun. Imagine sports without the miracle on ice. Super Bowl three, And imagine Buster Douglas not knocking out Mike Tyson. The ghosts of past upsets should give sports fans the hope that something magical can happen to their team. And even if West Virginia doesn't pull off the upset this Friday, at least I'll have had this week imagining that they would. 412-922-2874. We're at Sensi's in Wexford. It is Bud Light March Mania. Come on by. Get some Bud Light. I am drinking one. So is Brian. Tom is totally bleep-faced. Not going to be able to drive home. We'll load him into the back of the car. I feel bad for Virginia fans who had all that hope. I feel really bad for the Virginia fan that we created being out here in Sensi's, giving them the giveaway of Virginia. They got the Sensi's gift card. I'm not going to feel bad about that, but Virginia was the number one overall seed coming into the tournament, and they lost to UMBC. Not only do they lose to UMBC, not only is their 
the most embarrassing maybe loss ever in the history of collegiate sports, certainly collegiate basketball. But that hope is dashed. Because all season long, you knew that Virginia fans were hoping and dreaming about the fact that their team could win a national championship. It ain't happening for them in football. Not even close. Basketball, though, they had a shot. Until they didn't. And now they've got to wait for a year. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We're going to get to the five-minute major coming up in a few minutes. Rob Rossi will be joining in 14 minutes here on the Crowley Show. But first... We've got ourselves a Smokey Report. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker, breaker, one nine. We got a local yokel showing his true colors and rolling discos on Mansfield Avenue at the shampoo stand. Watch your back door. Don't forget to use them red tails. Pull that hammer back before you got a bear on your donkey. You see a Miss Piggy brown bear, baby bear, bear in the air or bear in the bushes, you give us a holler. We'll save you the freight. 412-922-2874. Remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We got it. Oh no. Callan. Oh no. Tom wouldn't have done that. Tom would have let that thing ride. You gotta let that ride on out. Should My we do bad. it again? Should we do it again, Kellen? Should we Would do it again, like Brian? To? Do you have enough? Let's oxygen? try that again. Let's try that bad boy again. Yeah. It is time. Let's get it rolling. For the Smokey Report. Breaker, breaker, what? Now nah, we got a local yokel show. Wait, now I messed up. Oh, Kellen, stop no. it. See, Kellen, you threw oh, me all no. off now. You threw oh, me all off, Kellen. Fault. All right, now we're going to try this again. All right. Ready, Kellen? In three, two, one. It's time for the Smokey Report on ESPN. Oh, no. Oh, no, Dude, no, no. no. Now this I screwed just, it up. making this messed up now. What happened? Let's Usually do it again. Usually Tom screwed Let's it up. Let's do it again. Tom hasn't done anything wrong here. Yeah. It's time for the Smokey Report. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker, breaker, one we nine. We got a local yokel showing his true colors and rolling discos on Mansfield Avenue at the shampoo stands. Watch your back and don't forget to use them red tails. Pull that hammer back before you got a bear on your donkey. You see a Miss Piggy, a brown bear, baby bear, bear in the air, and a bear in the bushes, you give us a holler and we'll save you the freight. 412-922-2874. Remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. Is shampoo stand a car wash? Yes. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. You killed me and Tom there, man. Nice. Yeah, there's at the shampoo stand. There is a Mr. Magic car wash. So for those of you who don't know what we're doing, we'll let you in on the joke uh, because we want to help people here. I almost got pulled over going to work the other day. Don't want to get pulled over. I want you to know where all the cops are. So we tell you where they are. And Brian tells you in an entertaining way because we just say there's a cop on Mansfield next to the Mr. Magic. People are going to say, okay, that's why you've got traffic reports. So we have smoky reports. But I drive on Banksville, mm-hmm. right off of Mansfield all the time, and uh, you get tailed. They're right by the shampoo stand all the time. 
Like in, all and, the time. Yeah, it's bad. It absolutely is. But this, see, we're trying to like the traffic reports that are out there. We give you those as well. But they won't tell you how to avoid tickets. They'll tell you how to avoid accidents, how to avoid backups, that sort of thing. We give you the whole thing. We don't want you to have to pay the freight, basically. Bam. Yeah. We're doing stuff for you because we love you. We serve the people. Yep. People's, it's the people show. 412-922-2874. If you would like to report a police officer out there and smoke your report, you can also tweet it at underscore Adam Crowley. As I mentioned, Rob Rossi coming up in 10 minutes. Rob's the best. Uh, he's tapped into the Penguins. They're also naming a bird after him. At, no. Yes, at the aviary in Pittsburgh. What kind of bird? Well, they are naming an owl after him. An owl? I wouldn't have been surprised if they named a troll after him. Oh. But an owl? Like a snow. Oh, look at that. It's like a snowy owl. Fun fact, a single snowy owl can eat more than 1,600 lemmings every year. Rossi can do that, too. What the bleep is a lemming? It's those little things that run off a cliff. Like if one of them runs off a cliff, the others follow them and run off the cliff, too. Oh. It's like a little, I, I think it's like a meerkat-type-looking thing. Well, I am happy that you talked about the cliff because in high school, my mom always said that if I was going to jump off a bridge... All my friends would do the same thing. See, and that's the thing. You would be a lemming. Like a lemming, oh. like say someone, like something gets popular and everybody starts to do it, you could call him a lemming. I am very happy to hear, though, that the snowy owl is not under threat. That's a vicious animal. Uh, this is it's big. Tearing stuff this is up. big. This is big. This is big. And I have some information as it relates to the breeding of snowy owls. So if you're out there and you've got kids in the car, turn the radio up. Snowy owls breed in May, just Come like up. Rossi. Come, yeah, right around the corner. All right, Rossi. Yeah, all right, congratulations. Yeah, here we go. Rob. All right, yeah. catching ourselves a show. Yeah, you better <laughs> whack yourself, my friend. Now that depends on the availability of prey, but there's Tinder these days. A female will lay between three and eleven eggs in a ground scrape, usually atop a hillock or a rock. Owlets hatch five weeks after laying, and both parents cooperate in caring for the young. Unfortunately for Rossi, whatever the mate is, is not going to want to care about the young because they're not going to want to spend that much time with Rossi. <laughs> the habitat's the Arctic tundra. Rob Rossi, I got to know why in the world they're naming an owl after him. I, I mean... That's, you, that's weird. Like, that's a bang out of that <laughs> thing after you. Yeah, and, like, I mean, do you get to pick which bird you want? Because, like, if you get to pick which bird you want, I mean, I want, like, a falcon or an eagle, some sort of raptor, you know? Something that's going to kick some ass. Raptors, I mean, I know are raptors are dinosaurs. No, raptors are birds. Raptors are dinosaurs. You're thinking of the velociraptor. No, uh, no, I'm not. A raptor is a type of bird. No, it's Brian, not. don't even try to argue. Yeah, him you, he's 100% right. You look like an idiot. Yeah, Brian, you just seem like a moron right no, now. No, you we're sound in, like a moron right now. Brian jet. sounds very smart. No, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If there were a giant bird that were to have one of the largest wingspans in the entire earth, then I think it's named the velociraptor. Now, raptors, they roam the earth about six million years ago, around the time that Jesus was laying on the cross. Well, listen to me. If you follow some theories, actually some people would say that birds actually evolved from dinosaurs. 
hip joints, the the knee joints, it, it's all there. Raptor, if you look it up, an eagle is a raptor. A falcon is a raptor. A hawk is a raptor. A chicken is a raptor. A chicken is a it's raptor. It's actually considered the closest descendant to the raptors. Uh, you guys are wrong. Uh, also, raptors are only found in Canada. You sound so dumb. Up next. Oh, boy. It's the Philadelphia raptors. No. Toronto. It's the Philadelphia 76ers, which is how many snowy owls there are still in the universe. Not just the planet, the universe. You could not sound dumber right now. Rob Rossi <laughs> joins me next to talk about those creatures that poop all over you. And by the way, dinosaurs are ancestors of lizards, not birds. Rossi, penguins, West Virginia, ball talk. Yeah, there you go, right there. You said it all right there. West Virginia. Mountaineers, close descendants to the Raptors, as we all know. Go to break, Kellen.